Welcome to this BGSM podcast. My name is Stefan Griffin. I'm a junior doctor working in London and a member of the BGSM editorial team. Today I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. Stephen West. Stephen recently completed his PhD at the University of Bath, looking into the epidemiology of injury and associated risk factors in professional rugby union. So welcome to the podcast, Stephen. One of the studies you published recently and you spoke about at the Isokinetic Conference was looking at athlete monitoring, especially load monitoring, across a range of clubs across the, um, the top division in English rugby. Um, would you be, do you mind summarising the study for the listeners and sort of going into what you found? Because there's some quite interesting findings. Yeah, so I suppose just to give you a bit of context uh, to that study, um, we had been collecting uh, session RPE data from all of the 12 clubs within the Premiership for two seasons um, prior to this particular study taking place. Um, and basically what we, after kind of talking to some of the coaches um, and some of the other stakeholders involved in rugby at the top level in England, um, there seemed to be this desire to try and branch out away from session RP and to try and include some other, some other measures of load. Um, and the one which was probably most commonly used was GPS. Um, so I suppose for us, we needed to understand what the landscape was like in terms of what people used, how they collected it, uh, how they were defining certain things and so on. Um, in terms of what the main findings of the study were uh, we kind of asked clubs um, what, what were the main things that they looked at when it came to managing injury risk within their players and the, the thing that came across most was or the most important variable which they mentioned was previous injury so that's very well documented across the literature um, and I mean as I say it, it came up as being the most important thing when we, when we asked the clubs the next ones then were uh, GPS measures collision counts and age. So they were the next most important important variables. But one of the interesting things that we saw was that across all the different clubs, no matter, no matter what variable we were looking at, um, pretty much every, at least one club would value that measure highly and one club wouldn't value it at all. So there was a really wide range of responses in terms of what people actually thought of the measures that we were using. So that was the first thing that we thought was quite interesting. Because the nature of what we were trying to do, we wanted to see whether clubs were using common, common um, units, whether they were collecting things in the same way. So we asked them about what they were using. Um, and again, we saw huge variation. So there were kind of a fairly standard set of units that were being used across the league. Um, there were certain variables which were being collected widely. Um, so high-speed running, total distance, they were kind of the two main ones. Um, but then when we again dug a little deeper into especially high-speed running, across 12 clubs, there were seven or eight different definitions being used for what high-speed running actually was. Um, so obviously that's some of them were relative, some of them were absolute. And when you actually looked at differences between clubs there was huge differences in terms of what what they were actually defining as high speed running this is kind of a hypothetical situation where let's say i was a head of medical at a, at a club and the club had you know unlimited resources um if i wanted to measure load in the best way possible what would be your recommendation as kind of an expert in the field so so my my biggest thing is that you i always think you should start with something simple and then progress things at, 
as you go forward. So if you want to become more complex with how you're doing things, then that's fine. But you should always start with something quite simple, um, making sure that the quality of the data that you're getting in is good before progressing onto anything else. There's definitely probably four main things that I would go for straight away. Um, so again, obviously, when we think about load, um, we have kind of an internal load and an external load, with the external load being kind of the work that's been done by the athlete so we want to capture that somehow and then we want the internal load which is kind of your athlete response in terms of the internal load again uh personally i'm a big advocate of the session rpe method of data collection uh, i know not everybody is but um for me certainly in a sport like rugby union where you've got lots of different training types lots of different um stimulus being put on on your athlete um, I think it's just a really nice way to be able to capture capture load across a, a large group of players quite simply, quite easily, um, and across a wide range of, of players uh, and training types. I know other people have used things like heart rate, which is probably more, well, it is more of an objective measure. The next thing that I would say is probably some idea of kind of athlete wellness or life load. Um, so obviously... If we look at professional sport nowadays, you've got a situation where athletes are exposed to a lot of different, um, you know, pressures. You've got all of your playing load and all your physical load, which is what I've obviously focused on. You've got your psychological load. You've got things like travel load. Um, you've got all the worries of, you know, just general performance, tactics, social pressures, um, financial pressures and everything and being able to try and capture that in some way is obviously uh, really important and again that can be done potentially subjectively with things like questionnaires um, or again again if you're more interested in an objective measure uh, just to see how an athlete is coping something like heart rate variability can be done quite easily nowadays and then I suppose the last thing that I would say is just to try and kind of get an idea of who your at-risk athletes are. And I mean, this is common practice. People are doing this already, but it's just trying to, to build all of these things into a kind of a model so that you know exactly who your high-risk athletes are and how each of them can withstand load at different, at different levels. So, I mean, in terms of that, you might want to think, so the, the factors certainly in my research that I've been looking at are things like age, uh, age of the athlete, the position they play, um, and I mean, those things are, are, are pretty widely looked at across sport. Um, specifically then to rugby, we've looked at previous injury. Um, we've looked at previous concussion because some of the, some of the work that's previously been done showing an increase, um, an increase in risk after concussion. Um, and then as well as that, just a cumulative amount, amount of match minutes within the last kind of 12 month period. Because again, there's, uh, some work by my, my supervisor here at the university that's shown kind of a, a, an interesting relationship there with, with players having played certain number of games over, the, over a period of time. So those are probably the four things I look at. Um, in terms of what some of the other things that you might want to think about, um, for me, again, make sure you're getting a simple set of measures that you know you can rely on and make sure that the quality of the data is good. Um, you know, it's certain, certainly with the way things are going now and the amount of data that's becoming available, there tends to be this overemphasis on just getting a huge, vast num amount of data where, for me, it's all about making sure that the, quanti or the quality of that data is good because 
you can't you can't uh, you can't use bad data to, to make informed decisions. That kind of goes on to making sure that you know you're not just measuring something for the sake of it and because someone else does it, you need to make sure that everything there, there's a, a reason behind why you're doing it. Um, because obviously nowadays time is precious and we need to make sure that what we're doing is time efficient and you know staff members aren't being taken away from dealing with the athletes and helping them improve their performance or reduce their injury risk by spending hours just in front of computers but as i say the four main things that i would probably go for are the internal load an external load some kind of a measure of athlete wellness uh, or life load and that could be a questionnaire weekly or whatever uh, and then just knowing knowing your athletes i suppose sure thanks a lot for that Stephen. um i think there's messages there that can be kind of tailored to everyone from sort of working at the grassroots level with the weekend warriors to people really at the top end of elite sports so thanks a lot for that um one thing that's come that's come up more and more over the past few months is that there'll be data scientists or sports scientists who do say that load might not be the kind of panacea that some have cracked it up to be. Um, so where's next for load scientists or sports scientists? What are the next big advances in the field and within kind of injury prevention performance in general, do you think? So I think uh, load is a really interesting area to be working in at the moment because it's rapidly evolving. Um, pretty much every day you're seeing something new being written. Um, and I think in terms of the people that are critical of load at the moment, I think it's only right that we question what we're actually doing um, and examining what we do to make sure that it's, you know, it's reproducible and we, we can see, you know, we need to make sure that the data that we're collecting and, and the way in which we're analyzing it is repeatable so that what we can actually tell to coaches and what we can tell to players is actually correct. So I think, I think it's only right that we do question what we're doing. So that's great. I think that's really moving, moving the field forward. Um, in terms of what the next steps are or what the big advances in the field are, um, I think probably you could divide it into two things. Uh, you could divide it into from a research perspective and from a practice perspective. So in terms of research, um, obviously a lot of the studies that are currently being done or have been done are limited to kind of one team studies, uh, which obviously limits the generalizability of the data to other environments because obviously it could be quite specific to the group that within it within which the study has been conducted so that's the first thing i think we could probably try and pool data between different sources or we can look to try and implement bigger studies um, so that the data we see is more generalizable across uh, across a wider group of uh, athletes from a analytics and a data science point of view i think we're moving in the right direction there there's a lot of good work being done looking at pattern recognition of injuries and um, th I know I'm not personally an expert but I know uh, there's some good work being done on complexity theory and how how all of these different things might interact to to cause an injury um, so I, th I definitely think we're moving in the right direction there um, and then again just from what we've seen with clubs I think probably trying to add things like collision counts uh, obviously given that is the major kind of stimulus in rugby. Uh, it's probably something we should we should try and look to to capture a bit better. Um, from a practice point of view, I think clubs are very good in what they do at the moment, um, and and it's up to us as researchers to try and inform what they're doing and to try and help them out. Um, I think 
certainly in the last while, there's been this move away from just looking at kind of single metrics as being the way forward, which is good. Um, I think thinking critically about some of the methods that we, we also use. So, um, you know, whether just looking at things like acute and chronic loads separately and just thinking about what is actually included in those periods and, you know, is seven days a good acute load is 28 days a good chronic load are those appropriate for what we're actually looking at and so on so just being more critical of those those kind of things um and i think one of the things i would say is to just you know obviously move away from this idea of injury prediction because we're, we're not there yet um and, and we may never be but it's certainly in a sport like rugby where there's so much you know dynamic play there's uh, so many of the injuries are down to contact it's very difficult for us to predict injuries in terms of generally just with load management um for me again the one the the things that i'd stress is just making sure that the the quality of the data is good and that your buy-in from your athlete is really really important Um, they need to understand that the data is being used in a positive way and they need to be able to see the feedback that's coming from it um, and they need to see why it's so important so that's that's a really big thing it sounds like it well Stephen thank you so much for joining us today um, and for telling us about your work and um, we'll make sure there's links to your your various studies and some of the studies you've mentioned in the blurb of this podcast and also uh, they will be part of the um, BGSME edition focusing on rugby medicine um, so thanks so much for joining us yes thank you very much it's been great to talk Brilliant. And listeners, thank you for joining us. Uh, You've been listening to a BGSM podcast. Um, Get in touch with us via the usual channels if you've got any feedback, but otherwise have a great physically active day.